The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. So, Ian Guider, columnist of the Business Post, has joined us in studio and we're going to not just look at the stories of the day. Instead, we're going to look at some of the stories of the year. And to start, I think we'll talk about that fellow who has dominated the year. But let's hear a little bit of him first. This is Elon Musk, shortly after he took over Twitter, speaking in a public interview about some of his plans for the company. Because there is a huge problem with spam and, and bots and trolls on, on Twitter and organizations trying to manipulate public opinion um, and just, just generally making the system worse. Um, and I think, but I think that there is an answer to that, which is to, to get um, as many uh, regular users of Twitter to um, be a, a subscriber for $8 a month. And you'll get a lot more than just the blue check mark for $8 a month because now we can afford long form video, long, long audio podcasts, um, and we can also start sharing revenue with, with content creators, which is essential. I mean, right now, you, if you're on Twitter, you'll, you'll see a lot of links posted to YouTube and, and TikTok. Um, and that's because, at least until now, Twitter has not allowed, even given them enough video length to post their video. Um, and then they give the, the content creators no means of monetizing the video. So we're going to change that rapidly um, at Twitter. It's going to be transformative. The point of this is to make crime not to pay. Um, because... Um, because right now to create a bot on Twitter costs less than a penny um, so the, the, the cost of crime is so cheap and that's part of why crime um, and, and hateful conduct pays but if somebody risks losing even eight bucks they, 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 or you, you, it's, it's too expensive to now have a, a hundred thousand fake accounts because they have to spend eight hundred thousand dollars a month Okay, that's just some of Elon Musk, who I think he gives out about trolls and manipulators of public opinion. Nobody has done more trolling than him <laughs> since he took control of Twitter. No, he's replaced Donald Trump as the person who will send out a tweet just to inflame somebody. I really didn't think I'd spend most of this year talking about Elon Musk, you know, the, the Willy Wonka of the global business world. Let's be honest, he hasn't a clue what he's doing with Twitter right now. He's bought it because he fought... I can turn this into a massive success. He's overpaid for it. He spent $44 billion, but without having a business plan in place. Of course, remember, he spent most of the summer trying to get out of this deal to buy Twitter. And when he got in there, he realised, well, hang on a minute, they are losing money because it's, they're so small as a social platform. It is amplified because people in politics, in journalism and celebrities use it. But most other people don't use Twitter in their real lives. It has an outsized influence. And he's realised the advertisers don't like it because it's filled with toxic comments. And they're walking away from it, partly because of him. And now he's scrambling to find ideas to make it money. Half his idea was, well, I'll fire half the staff. I actually need them to get rid of all the racist and the Nazi accounts. Meanwhile, I'm fascinated by what's going on at Tesla, where the shares have fallen by 66% this year, fell 8% on Tuesday alone, partly falling because he's having to sell so much stock to try and fund his investment in Twitter. But there's a real sense now that having been the sort of the groundbreaker and moving towards electric cars, all the established 
car makers or manufacturers are getting their act together. This may be the pioneer who gets shot. Yeah, it's extraordinary. For years, Tesla has sold more electric vehicles than anyone else. The cars are expensive. They look quite good. But all of the big global car companies are spending money trying to catch up Ford has launched a version of its Mustang as an electric vehicle. That's selling quite well. And Tesla are facing a couple of problems. Partially, they're making vehicles in China. So their plant in Shanghai has been forced to shut down a couple of times because of COVID restrictions. They also opened a new factory in Berlin to make cars. That has struggled to reach production targets. And Tesla has set goals, lofty goals every year. Elon Musk says will sell a million vehicles. They are barely hitting those targets. And the more he spends his time at Twitter on Twitter making pronouncements the share price of Tesla is going down and now we're starting to see investors in Tesla lots of people who said we think Elon Musk is the future well he's not actually spending time in Tesla's headquarters in Texas he's off in San Francisco in Twitter or he's off somewhere else around the world he was at the World Cup final in Qatar the other day and therefore you're seeing people well if he's distracted by all these outside events Who's running Tesla right now? And then there's SpaceX as well. Which is a, going through a very important period right now. This, All of these things, these companies are huge. They're very important. And you need somebody there sitting, I know it sounds boring, sitting behind a desk making decisions. Yeah, but maybe part of the genius that's required to get these things going is to be unconventional. But then does there come a time at which you actually have to say, listen, boss, stop you've gone off the rails. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook is an example of that, or Meta, as it's called now, and particularly with his enormous gamble on the metaverse. Yes, he believes that when you put on these massive headsets, you go into a virtual world, you can connect with people around the world, pretend you're at a concert or at something, and this is the future. I think only somebody like Mark Zuckerberg thinks this is the way we all want to interact. But he is spending tens of billions of dollars on this dream of virtual reality. And in the meantime, Facebook, the advertisers are deserting it. The people who use it are mostly, I hate to say this, it's your granny and your great aunt and that's not the demographic that advertisers want. They're losing money and as a result, they're having to cut back. For the first time in about 20 years, all of these big technology companies are realising, hold on a minute, the money that was flowing into us, allowing us to have fancy offices, hire thousands of people, give them free gym memberships, meals three times a day, we're going to have to cut back. And the reality is that affects real people's lives because we have seen Facebook forced to cut 13,000 jobs, 11% of its workforce around the world. Its European headquarters in Ireland wasn't that badly affected right now. Several hundred jobs being lost from the direct workforce of around three and a half thousand but what's going to happen in the next couple of years because the challenges facing Facebook are advertisers are going where the young people are. Of course and it goes to all the tech companies, Facebook not taking up the new headquarters space that it has in Ballsbridge in Dublin, we need to sublet that to others. Intel also going for redundancies despite the fact that it's building an enormous new uh, manufacturing capacity out in Leek, Slip and County Kildare and uh, a major impact then on commercial property 
businesses as well. Because we've seen Facebook decide that the fancy new headquarters building, it's opposite the RDS in Ballsbridge in Dublin 4. It's a huge construction site. I think it only rivals the Children's Hospital as the biggest construction site in the country. They've decided, well, while we're moving into another building at the back of that site, this new swanky building, we're not going to occupy it. So the people that we are let, we are going to get estate agents to rent out this space for us because we won't be occupying it anytime soon. And we've seen that from other tech technology companies. And this also, Matt, has been the year where the bubble has bursted on almost 20 years of the technology sector growing. All of these major companies have hiring freezes. It doesn't matter who you are. It's Intel. It's Stripe, which is founded by the Limerick brothers, John and Patrick Collison. There are Irish companies so out there. So Limerick or Tipperary? We well, can it get depends on when they're doing that. well. But all of these companies, and they're suffering from the fact is, in the last number of years, all the people who have put money, thrown money into these companies, have invested in them, we're happy to see losses because we think you'll be very profitable. The pandemic came along and these companies did very well. Well, what's happened? People are poorer this year because of inflation, so they're not earning as much, they're not getting as much advertising money in, they're not getting as much revenue in, and they're all having to cut back. It's absolutely extraordinary. Listener says Elon Musk is not a genius in all definitions of the word, needs to stop being referred to as one. I think I was being ironic if I described him as <laughs> I being a genius. I don't think I would call him a genius, um, man. We also, over the last couple of years, have been consistent in regarding crypto as a bit of a scam. And I think we got a lot of our proof. I mean, crypto has all sorts of things wrong with it. A bit of a scam, also environmentally extraordinarily damaging. All the things we were talking to John Gibbons about earlier in relation to food and aviation. But when you consider the amount of energy that is wasted in Bitcoin mining and the likes of that. Uh, but let's hear a little bit of uh, that uh, individual, Sam Bankman Fried, who has now been caught. And it, this is an interview gave to Good Morning America three weeks ago in which he said comparisons between him and Bernie Madoff remember him that they were wrong I mean I don't think that's who I am at at all but I understand why they're saying that people lost money and people lost a lot of money and I mean at the end of the day look there's a question of what happened and why and who did what um, what caused the, the meltdown and I think that is reads very differently, right? When you when you look at the classic Bernie Madoff story, there was no real business there. The whole thing, as I understand it, I think was was just one one big Ponzi scheme, right? FTX that was a real business. He sounds like a financial Woody Allen. <laughs> It's funny, Matt. This is a man who, as we speak, is heading towards New York, uh, where he will be put into a prison where he has been charged with a massive fraud, at least $8 billion of customer money is missing. This is a company that allowed people to trade cryptocurrencies, not just Bitcoin, whose price has absolutely collapsed since November 2021, where it traded for $66,000. It's now at $16,000. But he was using people's money. This is the what New York prosecutors allege, that people were lodging money into these accounts with FTX to buy and sell cryptocurrencies. He was using that money, taking it and putting it into a separate company to start speculating on cryptocurrencies himself. Now, his problem is his co-founder of this company, FTX, which is worth $32 billion, worth more than Heinz, I think, at this stage. That company has now gone bust. But his co-founder, 
of that company, Gary Wang, and also the chief executive of that company, Caroline Ellison, who may or may not have been his girlfriend on and off over the last years. They have done deals with prosecutors to tell everything they know. So while Sam Bankman-Fried, who's just 30 years old, and I would really urge listeners to Google what he looks like. It is worthwhile. It might just uh, explain a few things. He is now facing, Matt, huge fraud charges from investigators and could be facing about probably as many years as Bernie Madoff got in prison. A listener comments, Tesla's share price was grossly overvalued and never made sense that the company was valued at more than the stock market value of the far five largest vehicle manufacturers combined at one point. Other manufacturers are now making better built and better looking EVs in Tesla and they're losing market share too, says Ville. Another one says, uh, crypto is a scam but blockchain technology is not. It's the future. See my column from a few weeks ago. (laughs) One other one, and unfortunately we don't have time to get through everything, but I did mention Michael O'Leary and we did have John Gibbons earlier in the programme saying that we need to fly less. Let's hear from only last month, Michael O'Leary explaining why he's optimistic about the future for aviation. I think cautiously optimistic, Steve, is the right place to be. We've had a very strong uh, summer, I mean, compared to pre-COVID rather than last year. Pre-COVID traffic in the uh, peak summer uh, quarter was up 11% and yields were up 15%, which is very unusual, as you know, in our industry. We look set for a strong winter. But, you know, I'm conscious last year we had Omicron at the end of November, which crushed Christmas and the Ukraine invasion crushed Easter. So it's very fragile. Uh, we've done very well. We're the only big airline in Europe that's operating at high above pre-COVID capacity. We've restored profitability to COVID levels, which enables us in December to restore the payroll or the agreed payroll cuts for about 90% of the pilots and the cabin crew, which we're very proud of. But passenger spend is strong. Uh, we've been a little bit surprised. When we thought it would dip at the, into September, October. There's so much negativity about customer spend, uh, pr- price inflation, which is real. But this is unusual. I mean, this is certainly in my lifetime the first time we've gone into a recession with almost full employment across Europe. People are spending. They're certainly spending on travel. And I think one of the learnings that's going to come out of COVID is they were locked up for two years. Travel is going to be one of the things they're going to keep doing. That was Michael O'Leary of Ryanair in a public interview he did last month because he doesn't talk to me. He hasn't spoken to me in four years. I wonder why wrote, that is. I wrote the book about him. <laughs> uh, but that said... The Reiner is the remarkable Irish business story of the last 35 years or so. And one thing you have to say about O'Leary is he's pretty good at reading consumer trends, isn't he? He is. And while everybody else during the middle of 2020 and 2021 was saying travel will never be the same again because of this virus, people want to stay at home. Michael O'Leary realised people here, particularly in the UK and Ireland, want to get to a beach and enjoy a bit of sunshine. People in Northern Europe and Germany want to get to a Spanish beach and enjoy a bit of sunshine. He recognised that trend and he was ready for it while other airlines sacked their staff, put them on leave, got rid of their planes did all sorts of things just to keep going. Michael O'Leary realised, hang on to your staff, make sure that you have the planes ready to go. And when travel reopened, Ryanair started carrying more passengers than anybody else. And this year, they exceeded pre-COVID levels. So their profitability over the summer months, so if you take it, the travel season starts at April, pretty much ends in September for a lot of it. They made over that six-month period 1.4 billion euro, more than they had made in 2019. They were charging higher fares because fuel prices have gone up. But people are saying, well, look, if British Airways, if Aer Lingus, if Lufthansa, Air France aren't carrying people, we'll go at Ryanair. They're still a bit cheaper. People wanted to get away. They are going to carry in the current year 168 
million people all across Europe. It's absolutely amazing. And all the other airlines are just about saying, well, we're not quite at our pre-2019, uh, pre-COVID levels right now. Michael O'Leary is saying, we're actually going to be even more, bit of, we're going to carry more people than we had forecast. So like him or love him, he actually knows what people want and he can get people just about to where they want to go. And at least the airports are able to process the passengers now having gotten over the the crisis earlier in the year. I looked up a clip of him, Matt, back in April, long before the big summer chaos, June chaos at Dublin Airport. He said they need to get more people in while they're training them. Call in the army. Thank you very much. Ian Guider, not just for today, but for all your contributions throughout the year. And uh, we look forward to having you on a daily basis through 2023 as well. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here.